0: From the Ron McKee Podcast Network, I'm Isaiah Castilleja, and this is Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. In part two of our special episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0 coach Karen talks to us about, the current state of the job market in the strength and conditioning profession, the amount of focus on continuous development needed to continue to grow as a strength coach, and how having courage through adversity will help carve your own path. All this in part two of this episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. The Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0 podcast is brought to you by Play. Listen in on a conversation with Play's global director of performance and education, Coach Mike Bewley. Coach Bewley describes the vision of how Play will continue to be the company that will propel the innovation of the strength and conditioning profession forward. Well, after 22 years of, of coaching, I've learned that connection trumps communication and that it's not enough for coaches to know that you care. And I think you got to take that a step further. They need to experience that you care. And I've always been a coach that tried to be more tra- uh, transformational than transactional. And so with that awareness in mind too, I always enjoyed working and learning and talking to other people and and coaches and developing that camaraderie. I've always made myself available to the community because I remember how hard it was, too, to try to get a crack into this this profession. And uh, I promised myself if ever I was given a shot, I would never take advantage of that. I always allow myself to uh, help other people uh, chase their dreams in this profession. It's been very good to me. Play is a company that will help your strength conditioning program find solutions for all your needs. Review second best and check them out at play.us for more information. I think that's incredible. You don't really see the preparation six months out that goes into each one of the muscle mentorships. And I think that's a very good thing and a very good product that you have. You're able to customize it and help create it for your clientele base. Now, if you could go a little bit into some advice you might have for the younger coaches, the coaches that are just coming off their GA or an internship, because you've put a lot of effort and a lot of you know resources into your education and how you got to where you are now. And could you offer a little advice to the coaches that are trying to build that career right now?
1: No. Um, with everything going on, you know, I think we're going into a, a new, a new era of strength conditioning. Uh, we've been running pretty fat. And what I mean by that is our, our actual like allocation of resources from a college and it's a business and me make no bones about it. A college is a business and they have a budget and they have their have projections off what they expect to make. So, you know, let's look, let's look at the PAC 12. We were, we built a weight room in 2012 that cost $60 million. It is now the third oldest weight room in the PAC 12, right? So that means nine out of the 12 schools in the PAC 12 have rebuilt their weight rooms since SC has done theirs. You look at the average salaries that, that college trade education had. So when I started, and this isn't like, oh man, like look how old I am. But I started off at 32K as a full-time assistant at Georgia Tech in Atlanta, Georgia. You know, like that. it's not a lot of money, you know? And and then I got like, you know, a couple raises in there. So I left Georgia Tech at 42 grand and then I went to SC and they started me at 50 and like that's a pay raise, like you should be happy. And I left there at 60, right? Relatively speaking now that there's, I was the only assistant working with football, making 60K a year at USC. They have five people working with football only and not to blow them up. They're all making way more than I made at at being that. So there's five people doing the job that I was doing by myself, whether it's the quality of what they can do now is irrelevant, but their compensation is 10, 20 X of what I was making. So that distribution of wealth, right? So like they're asking Tim Karen to do programming, nutrition, return to play, punishments. Like I was head punishment coach, like whatever. I've cre- become very cynical now. <laughs> but so it's yeah. a hard role to take on being the bad guy all the time. Um, but you take on all that, right? Like working, you know, 80 hour weeks, like who cares? Right. So that like that has ballooned out into wow, this role is really important. And we need to get people who are more experts in that or are going to be more dedicated to that. And then we need to give them a compensation that reflects that. It's ballooned out, right? So 60K to get all that, to half a million to get all that. Is that sustainable, right? And then you look at an athletic department that has probably still on the hook 60 million for the weight room they did and over a million dollars in terms of salary allocated to that. It's not even counting the annual budget you have for potentially continuing education or new equipment or refurbishing equipment. Like, you know, you look at like, all right, so we're paying how much back tax while we're you know, back, like basically in payments in perpetuity to something like building out a $60 million new facility to now paying out a million dollars in salaries over a million dollars. And then, another couple hundred grand to potentially nutrition continue education like paying two million a year to strength conditioning and we aren't making money and we're at the expense of potentially losing sports like okay so what's going to give right people's salaries people's actual like invest like the athletic department's investment into strength conditioning how do we get more with less right do we need we had it, we were make, we We're paying 60K to a guy doing the job of someone now we're paying half a million to. Can we get it closer to that 60K number? So it's either going back to those folks saying, would you take a reduced salary or would you take furloughs or we're gonna have to let you go. So as we look down now to this extreme, like, like manifested out, like big, big number that we're working with, like 2021 is all about gonna be consolidating and cutting. And now you're a GA looking for a job and you just spent two years of your life making on average 10 K, which, you know, if you look at the GA position, when I get asked about, well, should I go for a GA? I'm like, if an athletic department's doing a GA, they are so far behind the eight ball. Like, why would I pay for your master's insurance and give you a salary? I can just give you that monthly wage of a grant without paying for your master's and insurance. Like I'm going to give you a 10 month position. Like, if I'm a strength coach, like why would I be on the hook to pay for your masters? Like, why am I responsible for that? You know, it's a risk for me because you might bail and you might give a bad look to the grad program and do that. But the other side of it too, it's like you're going to be taken away from the weight room, and I don't want to be mean about it. And I want you to get your masters. I just don't want you to do it while you're working. And, and then when you're going for a GA, like oh, I got to pop over to research and design over there at 10 o'clock. I'm going to miss the football group. Like, I don't want that. So I'm going to put you in a hard position to say. Hey, you got to choose us over them. I know we're getting paying for your masters. So, if I'm looking at GAs, there's no reason why that extra should still exist. It doesn't mean masters aren't important. It just means that, like, you look at the money invested into that. So, if you've gone through a 10 month position or GA and then you're trying to get an entry level job, it's going to look a lot more like 32K. And then on top of it, there's going to be a lot more people trying to go for it, people that are going to go down into that role you know, maybe ego and pride blocks that protects you. But if you're a young strength coach trying to transition in 2021 into a full-time position, you know, like you, you better get outside of this, you know, this, and I think it's been this way for the past five, 10 years. Like, you know, this, I got my first job at a GA at Georgia tech, you know, like I did one year my graduate assistant and then I got a job. So like that, I don't consider that could be anywhere a standard, like shoot, my boss, Eric Siano went from being a GA at Tennessee to being the head strength coach at Louisiana tech. Like every, every phase or so is becoming harder and harder to make that jump and leap in. You know, now we're looking at this next decade coming up. Like it's going to be completely flipped. It's going to be back almost to the nineties of like where very minimal compensation, a lot of people going for it, and it's going to weed people out. So if you want to really make it, and you got to ask yourself a simple question, do I Do I need to do it, or do I just kind of want to do it based off the time vested into it? Right, like if you're that person in the middle of summer an internship that just dreads going to work in July, like like I just don't. This is exhausting. This is not sustainable. Like I don't enjoy this anymore. You dread doing the little things, and it's inevitable. Everyone goes through that phase as a strength conditioning coach. There's no doubt about it. We're just like, I am so tired. I'm so, so overworked. I'm so uninterested in this. I'm so uninterested in the, in the daily detail details. Like if you watch like Euro dreams of sushi on, on Netflix, like, I don't know how those guys get up every single day and just make rice for eight hours straight. Like, and like more power to them, but, I sense there's a lot of elements of that as a strength conditioning coach, right? Like, you know, on the path to enlightenment and strength and conditioning set up, break down and, and do it all over again. Right. And then after enlightenment, after you get that full-time job, set up, break down and do it all over again. You know, if you're really struggling with that, if you find yourself like I was in like certain roles, when I get like bored or disinterested or just tired and frustrated, like the newness is not worn off and I start becoming overly like argumentative and contrary and everyone like, you know, you got to ask yourself, man, is it really worth 30K a year to work 80 hours a week with very little satisfaction with job satisfaction? Like, you're never going to get a pat in the back and that a boy, like, rarely, you know, like you're, you're, they're probably going to look at it like, well, you'll do it for 32K a year now. So we don't necessarily need to give you pay raises. So now we can reevaluate where we allocate our resources. Like, there's plenty of people who do it for 30K. And where I think the bigger problem is, is we've left ourselves in this vulnerable spot of there's nothing objectively to say that we should justify paying five people half a million dollars or more, right? Like, there's nothing objectively saying that. Like, what value you brought relative to Tim Karen who's making 60K? Like, like if we're really like comparing apples to apples, what objectively value do you bring that justifies an additional $500,000 in, in actual payment? Like, do you bring redeemable value? Are you that valuable? And in a small business, I need to be keenly aware of that, right? So, if my staff members are making us hemorrhage money, or if our staff members aren't bringing recurring value, I can compensate you based off of that, and I can give you maybe a directive on that. And where I look at it from going forward for a young SNC coach, like you know, it's one of two things, like either you need to evaluate whether you really want to do it or evaluate where you want to do it. And I think that holds a lot of weight, right? So for me, being a GA at Springfield College, I was fortunate enough to be five minutes away from that. So Tim's done, like everyone else, five internships just to get into a, a position where I can get a GA. You spend a lot of dough on that, right? So I'm living on couches in Boston. I'm living literally in a Honestly, a crack house, and I have several several people to cooperate that story in Atlanta, Georgia, because it was close. And I went on Craigslist, you know, and like I remember one day, Ciano dropped me off, and I'm walking into my door. There's a homeless woman sleeping on the front steps. I'm unlocking the door, and the woman goes, "People live here." I was like, "They sure do." I walk in, make my way to my room, and and old Miss. I mean, shoot, like I was living in this like I found like a college dorm or a college apartment like place that was just awful i mean it was just disgusting but like whatever i could afford right but you hemorrhage money right um and i got lucky in some regards like actually a school bus hit my car and on this and they gave me a couple money a couple hundred bucks to uh to keep quiet so that helped you know but like i lived five minutes away from springfield college i didn't die apartment you know i could still live at home my dad was still paying for my food And like i had a very supportive father and he's like yeah keep doing it man till you can get it but like you know you're going to go into this in debt and then you're not going to make much money. It's like, you know, the student loan thing too. Like, I mean, shoot, I was smart enough to realize that student loans is a zero, a zero sum game. So I worked all through college and I went to a very cheap uh, undergrad and, you know, I'm fortunate I don't have student loans and I'm fortunate that I lived home close to home and I was fiscally responsible. And then, now, and I'm like starting to get traction at Georgia Tech, making thirty-two grand a year, like, yeah, it wasn't netting any money, it wasn't saving anything, but I could afford it, you know. Like, where so many people go in the opposite position. Like, so if you've paid for your master's degree on top of your ten-month position at such and such school, if you've done just the the like the gamut of internships and paid out of pocket for that, if you've invested money on your your own money from tenure education because it's important. And then you go into that job expecting to hopefully start to break even, man, like you got another thing coming. So you have to evaluate like how willing are you to go through that suck with no real promise in sight. And that, I mean, everyone has that aspiration of being a head strength coach, man, but it's vision one level. There's 132 of them. I mean, 135 now, right? 135 positions in the entire world. There's gotta be over a million people currently employed in some fashion in in strength conditioning, right? Like, so that means you are part of the 0.01%. You know, like the likelihood of getting that is not really high. And there's a lot of luck that goes into it. And there's a lot of circumstance and a lot of network, you know? So my, my, fortunate aspect of getting a job at at army as a head strength coach for football is because i knew the guy from georgia tech and my boss at georgia tech was really close to them that was the end he never asked me about what my credentials are and what i did at usc it was like oh yeah it'd be good you know and i did a good enough job in interview, so i was like i didn't screw it up you know but like to that point it's like man look, that that process of that coming into fruition like no, like that was probably the only time if I was so far in debt, I could actually got myself out of debt. And I was fortunate enough to take that time and save and save and save. So if I did open up a small business, well, I can, I can eat it in my savings for a period of time. I had a little bit of wiggle room. I had some comfortable opportunities, right? like, if you ever watch like Shark Tank or anything else, like, or the profit on CNBC, like they always ask them, do you give yourself a salary? And they always say no, right? It's either pay myself or the business go under, right? And that's, until you're in that situation you don't really know but you're doing that as a GA you're doing that right you're eating into your own savings you're eating into your own credit card debt to get through this period and how much is that worth it for a job that you're kind of on the fence about right that you're looking at it of like oh man, I really, really hate this. You know, I don't love getting up at 4 a.m. on Thursday in the third week of July, you know, setting up the hurdles and setting up this other stuff and then not being able to do the thing that I love, you know, and then I don't have time to learn about it, right? Like I always loved learning about it. I I, I got in this for selfish reasons. I like, I was really interested into it. And when I was so overworked and I was so tired, I didn't want to read, you know, like I, I resented that. Like I resented the fact that I couldn't, couldn't go further in on this than I wanted to. And to the point of that, like I really push our interns in that role. Like I want you here at 4 a.m. I want you, you know, setting up, breaking down. We'll let you orga- well, organically based off of you or your ability to coach and our trust in you to be able to start coaching here. Until then, you're just going to observe and, and work within the weight room until we feel comfortable with that. But when you're done with your shift, I'm going to give you a lot of reading. And I want you to get comfortable being tired and still comprehending and retaining and I don't hold back the next day in the intern meeting I'm asking them the hardest questions I can imagine I can possibly do and I'm like all right well looks like you're not very efficient or you're not very organized or you're not willing to give up on things that you just like right like you don't want to give up on the the social aspect you don't want to give up on the things that you personally enjoy and in strength conditioning like you know, everyone's like, oh man, you got lucky. Like, no, I I really didn't. I was just willing to do what was necessary. I'm not smarter than the other person, but I am definitely willing to do more than the average person. And I think a lot of people have a hard time grasping that. And this isn't trying to scare you or like intimidate folks out there or like transitioning. It's just being transparent on what this is. You're going to transition to a new role, making not much money, and you're still going to have the same feelings or harboring the same grudges that you may have before. So if you do that, Figure out that fast. And either take the approach of of quit early before it becomes a. You think it's going to get better just from time spent or time vested, or find another aspect of this profession that you think is more in light with what in line with what you want, how you want to live. Like I work with people who love to travel, and like I think that's I admire those folks. But I'm like, dude, I'm going to eat your lunch, man. I will, I'm going to make up so much ground on you in so many areas and like the guys are literally division one athletes and played college football at the highest level. And I'm like, I love to travel. I like to go out. I'm like you are competing with the wrong person, man. Like I'm going to destroy you, man. Like, like on Saturday, when that coach calls me and says, Hey, I need you here to do this because they have a recruiting meeting and I want to set this up. I'm there. You're not willing to do that because you're not available. You know, like I, I always thrived on that. Like I'm willing to do the things that you're not willing to do. You're competing against me. Like, whether you want it or not, like every day a new person comes into this industry, you're competing against me. And like the question you got to ask yourself, are you willing to go through the things that I'm willing to go through to get what you want? Like, what I have is a product of what I was willing to do and the sacrifice that I was willing to make. Like, and I'm fortunate now I have an amazing wife and I have an amazing family, but like that was put on the back burner for a long time. I had a lot of relationships. Like, I don't know. It's going to interfere with what I want, what I really want to do right now. Like, I can't commit to this. And I set and I broke it off or pushed it off. Like, and granted, like that's a very unique approach. And I've seen plenty of great coaches who maybe have areas that were more advanced than me that were uh just capable of doing it. Like I played division one football, I have a really good network. I have really I understand this stuff really intuitively. I'm great with people and they start their family early and get that really they're really good about like building that life and they have that in with this thing, like, great, more power to you. But over the marathon, which this is like you know, I'm gonna win out in the long run. I really will, because like there's that gonna be that. And like, you know, one of my things that my staffers like they always give me feedback is just the consumption of content and the consumption of information, like knowing that my schedule. And I find that level of like just keeping the sword sharp and being the tip of the spear is like, you know, we read books as a staff and I'm like Done with it in a week. And I'm like, all right, like, what do we think? You know, like, and I'm like, all right, let me show you guys the pace in which I go. Like, I mean, all chapter we're posting it on our Slack channel. Like, here's what I got for notes. Anyone want to feedback? Like, I haven't finished the chapter. I'm still six chapters behind. Like, like you have more time than me. There's no excuse. And I think that level, it's like just a show of like, all right, like, hey, I'm telling you, man, like, this is the pace you want to go if you want to be what I am. Like, there's that level of to it. And like, as you're entering this industry you know, they're competing against guys that are willing to do that over and over again and have built their mentality. Like, you know, I I don't have a break when I go home. Like you can ask my wife, you can ask the people who live with me. Like I'm reading, um, writing um programming you know i got my computer or book open even with the tv on even with doing that like my son like is hysterical he's one and a half now and he just knocks the book out of my hand i'm like All right, i'll just read it out loud to you so i'm reading breathe last night to him about about breathing patterns last night and he's like just looking at me like, what, the, what the fuck are you talking about you know like to that <laughs> nice. point of like it's just it, it's that level of like if you're a young coach like And there's going to be a lot of coveted positions and there's going to be a lot less money and there's going to be a lot less opportunity. And there's some folks that are, you know, this is all I know. Like, I'm extremely obtuse with what I like to do and what I want to do. And I'll be damned if I'm going to give up what I got or give up anything that I have. You know, like, I. (laughs) you got to understand that that's now going to be the threshold you're walking into. And there'll be some folks that like, yeah, screw it. I'll just, I'll move on to something else. I'll go their insurance, you know, and I get it. It's a rat race. It's hard. It's, it's, it's exhausting. And you may lose interest in it. It's like, it's just not as fun anymore. You're know, like, oh, I don't really care. Like, you know, it's just, I was never really that interesting to begin with. And I'm going to start to phase myself out, but then there'll be some folks that like are really going to like fight for what they got and they're going to preserve it. And, and I, I, I was talking to a couple of head strength coaches I know of like, you know, Hey, are you ready for when, when the end of the year comes and they ask you, are you willing to take a pay cut or are you going to cut staff? Like, how are you going to handle that? Are you, are you ready to either you start to cut your salary or furlough staff and you have to take on more workload? Are you ready for this? are you ready to have that question of like that weight room that needs to be completely done over? It's going to be pushed back five years and we're going to have to do what we, to make do with what we have, you know, like that conversation. Are you ready to have that conversation? of like, where do we cut, you know, do we cut our nutrition budget? You know, that can we get, can we go back to making PB and J, you know, like by ourselves? Cause cause we can't outsource that anymore. Like, are we going to have to take that in and like, God dang, man, that's, huge time you know commitment right like you know i remember in army like we got there we had zero nutrition budget you know so like we had nothing and i had no budget as a football strength coach so i'm walking around trying to figure out okay like what can i do to make this work so my staff and i would go down to the mess hall we'd get bread we get peanut butter we get jelly we get extra milks we get extra fruit we just do it every day and i'm like they were good with it. like hey it's gonna help the football program great but we had to make them so it would be this routine of every, every afternoon, 12 o'clock, let's roll into that, roll into the nutrition center, which was just an abomination and just start to make PB&Js, drop them down in the weight, drop them down in the locker room, go back up. After I left, I was just like, all right, let me like figure out who's got a P card who I can get some actually supplements off of. So the, the rule there was, if you broke $5,000, you have to actually put a purchase order in. I'm like, all right, well, let me keep it under 5K. And I would just go to several different people with P cards. So they had a concept called GS17, meaning that if you were there for 17 years, you were tenured and you would get a credit card, you know, so people can run through expenses on that. You figure that out quick and you start to piecemeal some stuff together. You know, at the end, I remember the guy who replaced me, Brian Hass, called me. He's like, hey, the AD came up to me. He's like, I knew what Tim was doing. We're just going to stop this shenanigans and we're just going to give you 50K, you know, and like, I was hustling to get 50 K of stuff. And it wasn't wasteful with it. That's the thing. Like, you know, I was putting that money back in and like my whole thing was like, and I had this conversation with the guy who ended up replacing me about that. What, how to use that budget? I was like, get things that make a difference. You know? So he's like, I want to get tender units. I'm like, relatively speaking to we're undersized and we need calories, good calories. And then the guys that we do load up on high calorie diets are getting inflamed, acne, irritation. Like we need better quality. I can eat grass fed protein. I'd rather invest money in a grass fed protein than getting a tender unit right now. Like I just am. Cause it's going to have a bigger ROI. It's going to have a bigger return. And granted, like I would love to have the resources to be able to get that, but I don't. So I have to look at things of whatever it is I have in terms of resources, what's going to make the biggest systemic impact, you know? And I think, you know, do we have that hustle mentality of like, of like you're, you're a small business owner and everything has to have value. And if it doesn't, you won't. And, you know, a lot of strength coaches are really going to struggle with that. And then there's going to be an influx of folks in there. I guarantee 2021 is going to have a lot more people interested in fitness and strength conditioning than they did in the beginning of 2020, just because they all lost their job and they all did their fits to gram and they're all now interested in their personal health. And it's like, all good, man. Like you just don't know what kind of climate you're walking into. Like where everything's flipped on its head and people are going to act crazy and irrational and they're going to really, really fight to retain what's theirs. Some I'm at a fault, but the other side of it, it's like, man, you're going into the lion's den. Like, get ready. Like, you know, if I find that you try to open up a gym next to me, like it's, I don't know. I don't owe you anything. I'm trying to put you out of business as soon as you open. Like, and people don't get that, man. Like you're competing with me. Like you're taking money out of my pocket and support my staff i got 10 10 coaches here like i'll be damned if you want me to you want to open up a gym in los angeles and think that i owe you anything in fact i look at you as a competitor my first role is to try to how to put you out of business i'd be that much better than you and like i whether they like it or not or whether it's kosher now or whether it's the right thing to say like same thing in strength conditioning like man i don't like you at all but like you know, my livelihood's off of beating you. Like, so like, cool. Like I'm glad you're a nice guy and I'm glad you want to be friends, but like I got to do everything I can to beat you. And whether I, whether that's a big impact or not. Right. Like if there's a percentage point of like 0.001 to actually having the impact on the field. Great. I want to make it 0.002. So I have that edge on you, you know, and to that point, it's like, man, we could do that if we just figure out objectively what actually moves the needle. Right. And to that, and if you want to get to the commercial fitness side or if you want to go into like to a strength conditioning like setting, like, well, you know, like understand it's a really competitive landscape. And, you know, like there's an interesting article out there about uh, SoulCycle and about just there's an, a culture of intimidation by the, the instructors. Right. But you go up a higher level. SoulCycle got bought out by, by Equinox for $350 million. This is big money. 350 million is not a small chunk of change, right? And like, you know, you look at their evaluation relatively speaking of something like berries or um, orange theory or even F 45 now, like, man, these are big players, man. And like they're gonna have opportunities, but you know, what's gonna really look, really manifest out is, is like as that comes through, like you're gonna see cultures like that evolve, right? You're gonna see cultures of that like prioritize their instructors. Like their instructors there are have paid agents from WME same agency with Mark Wahlberg and Dwayne, the rock Johnson has a division that supports soul cycle instructors. Right. And like, you know, like they're, it it just, it's just amazing to look at. And like these unqualified really no right to be in front of people in any fitness capacity because they have no idea the systemic impact that they're doing physiologically, let alone apparently psychology, likewise, like you're competing against them too. They're opened up right across the street from you. Right. There's a soul cycle mile away from here. They do really well. They do really well. And every single day I get up, I'm competing against them. Right? And granted, it's nice when they do things that are that defamatory and like they have this huge issue of people in a culture of like, just like hate and like belittlement and like anger. But the other side, it's like, and just another thing will reincarnate, right? F45 is no different than than Orange Theory. and And like from a biomechanics and physiological perspective, it's just there's gonna be a new thing when they reach this pinnacle and they start to drop off based off of of like silly things like that prioritizing the wrong things like there'll be another thing so you're waking up every single day if you don't realize that you're competing for your livelihood you're really going to struggle so you might get in right you might get that f45 you know job in that location that you want to be making an hourly wage working a couple hours a week you know you look at it as like oh this is my in i'm working this at all but i do i'm looking at it as like another competitor I'm looking at it as like, all right, like you're trying to take what's literally mine and you're trying to take what I want to get to. And my end goal is 50 gyms. So if like, if I find something is in the way of that and like, Hey man, I want to just talk and chit chat with you up. Like, like you're confused right now. Like you're a competitor, <laughs> you know, like I, I, like I, this isn't like a, you know, brotherhood or network anymore. This is like, you are literally competing for the same customers that I have. So you know, sometimes they poach us. They try to go for us, you know, because they want what we have. And I think if we can pull those people over, that will materialize in their environment. And, like, it just won't. Like, you're missing the key ingredient, like, the big vision of what we do. So, like, young coach, like, get ready. It's going to be a bumpy ride. But if you need to do it, you'll push through. You'll find a way. You'll accrue a lot of credit card debt and other, other like, emotional torment Like, emotional baggage and everything else that goes with it but man when you wake up in the morning you still really know that this is your true purpose and this is your, your exact reason why you're put on this earth you'll find a way so have the courage to go through hard things and have the courage to go through things that are uncomfortable and have the courage to push through these like these ceilings that are going to be there you know and like just like you know bill Starr in the 60s and 70s of like basically doing this for free or Mike Boyle working as a bartender. Like you think Mike Boyle has what he has without making some sacrifices. So like you look at the end, like, damn, that's what I want. Well, don't look at the end. Look at the beginning. That's what your process is going to be like. It's going to be working 60 hours a week, getting up at five in the morning and probably working a bartending job to make ends meet. It's going to be working in a location, right? Like I want that D2 job and somewhere in the middle of Missouri, right? Like that's going to be your first job right now. And you better go out there and do a great job. And yeah, you better hope and pray that someone's going to leave that position and get a really good opportunity from there or someone in your network thinks you're that special and they're going to hire you down the road. But in the process between now and then, you have to work hard. You have to really work hard and it's not going to come easy.
0: We'll be right back. Flex is the latest product to enter the velocity-based trading market. Developed by the team at GymAware, Flex is the only laser-based system available and it's this unique technology that makes Flex the most accurate and reliable barbell tracking product in the sub $500 category. That's right, you heard it, sub $500 barbell velocity tracker. And that's easy to use, it's wireless, and yes, it's portable. It's specifically designed for individual use with its own social platform and automatic training log. Flex captures all the critical performance and technique metrics that people demand from a VBT device velocity, power, bar path, range of motion, and even bar position. Live feedback is delivered through the Flex app on every lift and all the data is automatically stored for review. Find out why VBT is such a powerful training method and what separates Flex from its competition at flexstronger.com slash future. Again, that's flexstronger.com slash vbtfuture. That's a lot of great insight and you know I appreciate how candid you are and how realistic you are. You know, it's definitely something I tell my interns is I don't want to romanticize what we do and I know for every strength coach that we see on social media or strength coach that we idolize, you don't see the adversity or the hard work that goes into create that person. And I think it's a good thing that you keep it very real with all the coaches listening in and on this to make, make it more realistic. Now, if you were to call coach Tim Karen from five years ago,
1: what would you tell him? Oh man. Uh, You know, I would probably tell him, Oof, uh I would probably tell him spend more time to try to enjoy what you're doing. Um, I still don't do that. And you know, I don't do that Tim Karen today. Um, you know, and just really try to enjoy it more. Because uh, I think as I look back retroactively, it was always as you know, just killer mentality, killer be killed and <laughs> I, I think that's my edge i really do i've always looked at it. it's like every situation it's not like an, it's not like i'm flaunting it I'm like dude hey waking up today like i'm fucking competing as you today like i'm not doing that but like i think that in my mind right And i think about that like and like this you know perception of whatever it is like like my archetype right like if someone watched me on the floor they're like oh that guy's an energy guy like he is he is like and then having a personal conversation with the author like you know he's you know he's, he's really knowledgeable but it's like that level of just approaching it with intensity and, you know, a level of focus and a purpose, you know, I think that was always my ambition. but like in the process of that, like, like I, I look back, and I'd say I'm pretty introverted in my personality type. So like this, like very eccentric and very, like, very like personable person in a group dynamic is, is, kind of like out of my like personal type personality type so that level of like portraying that out there to the world is really hard on me so it's like i need that edge so to speak of like go out there and push it like and get outside your comfort zone like being a great public speaker being extremely like you know gregarious and just entertaining and other things like I don't necessarily do that. Like so, like folks that like, oh man, that guy would be fucking hysterical and fun to hang out with. And I'm really, really quiet, or I'm really like uncomfortable and like going to bars or other like social settings. Like I go to parties and pretty much just against the wall. Like it's not my environment. It's also not where I feel comfortable with. But there's actually no purpose for me to do that. Relatively speaking, to a business, you know, or in a college environment and trying to keep eighteen to twenty. 20- a young man engaged that that level of like me that is like amplified. You know that person like I find that's emotionally taxing on me, and I don't know if I necessarily enjoy it. As I should I mean I have this appearance and it's like a blast and how, but it's a really emotionally draining on me. And like I go home and I'm like I'm like completely emotionally spent. Like I'm I can't talk to anyone. So that process of evaluating like man, this is a really fun profession. You know, we're working with people to achieve something better than what they currently are. So on a surface level, it's beautiful. It's amazing. You know, that that's not this like constant antagonist approach. It's not this constant, like, man, everything's got to be hammered, right? It's, it's a work in progress, right? The, the folks that are struggling to learn something or folks are struggling to like, you know, stay to your standards. Like they're not the enemy, you know, they're, there are people that are working through and like, you know, I just, I can't, I, I lose sleep at night knowing that there's folks who didn't hit their reps or didn't hit the positions that I want or do it the way that I want. And I think that process is like, you know, what again, it's my gift and my curse. It's going to be the thing that ultimately like makes me die at 55 as opposed to also like, you know, like it gets me to as much success as I possibly have, you know, so like, you know, five years ago, like when I'm a head strength coach in army and I'm like, just feeling that external pressure and putting it and feeling this internal pressure of like, stop, slow down, just embrace it and enjoy it. You know, and like, you know, it's, and I probably still wouldn't have, I probably wouldn't have what I have right away, but I, and I wouldn't have as expediently as a head strength coach by 32, you know, like, you know, I think that was, you know, just a process of pushing, 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 trying to be better than I was. But, you know, as I look back, like, you know, this evaluation of like, I never really enjoyed it. So maybe it was a head strength coach at 35. Maybe it was a head strength coach at 40. Like maybe I never got it. I don't know. But like, if I take some more time to enjoy it and really try to like look around and go, wow, this is a pretty amazing situation and, and profession. Like, I think there would be, I think it would be a little different perception and when it wouldn't come out of everything as like this level of intensity or be so emotionally drained. So that's what I would say.
0: Definitely. And how would our listeners go about Finding out more about you, or do you have any social media for you or Allegiant Gym that we can tune into?
1: Yeah, Coach Tim Karen, uh, there's uh, AllegiantGym.com, Allegiant Gym's Instagram. Uh, I, I think that Allegiant Gym Instagram is you know, it's funny how like you start to realize social media and how it's. a, just as much of a, a system and a strategy as anything else where it's like, mine's like, Oh, I'm doing hands-free front squad. I think people would want to see that. You know? <laughs> and I'm like, Oh yeah, the, uh, the engagement's good, man. My three friends that I have and like the 140 likes that I have like, Oh, that's validation, but it doesn't lead into a bigger purpose where I think our Allegiant gym is just, they, they spend a lot of time going through that. And I think it's the message we want to deliver and the way we want to deliver it. Um, um, I am I've been working on it for the past year. Uh, it's, going to be a website uh i haven't launched it yet but it's going to be this full like uh, immersive experience where hopefully it's going to give into all different types of learning styles where it's you know the the concept of saturating in a topic where you know this sucking down information through a fire hose and like just slow playing a little bit so this website that has 40 different models or modules and we're building it out into like Uh, audio experience so we'll go into a week about just you know for instance in january we're going to roll out quality control and i'm going to spend the first week just going into that like what are the principles here you know some sort of audio on that tying in different books and resources the next will transition to more practical like application and then it actually transitions to a case study of like how i use this in a a different experience so like it's it's definitely in the uh beta phase right now and um, we're going to fine-tune everything and finish it up but i'll have that ready January. Uh, it's going to be called performance but really that's just the, the URL was gone. So it's not necessarily the podcast per se. It's mostly just the website and everything else around it, but uh, that'll be ready January. So I'll have that featured on my Instagram here and uh, migrate some stuff over to that, uh, which, you know, I hope that, uh, definitely gives a bigger snapshot on the thought process. I think that goes into stuff of, of a little bit more immersive experience, you know, know of the like the 20 interviews i've done with people so far and work in progress like you know i think it's a unique thing and what we talked about offline of hey let's let's get more granular like and i give a lot of credit to now podcast host because it's like the interviewing skill is amazing one they didn't realize how just hard it was you know and you know like you find yourself talking too much and like that's not a good podcast or it's not a good interview um that process though and you know i've got some amazing guests so far and i've got 40 some probably 45 modules done so you got years of content waiting to go so that'll be launched here in january that'll be featured on my social media probably december um and then i'll open up that website and everything else in that so you know stay tuned for that uh and then check out muscle mentorship if you can you know we got a couple up uh, we we got a couple lined up here next year 2021 we got may uh the dates are TBD based off everything else going on, but there'll be sometime in May. It's a Monday through Friday event, and we'll have another one in December. So try to get biannual until we get more, and then we'll do potentially quarterly down the road. The goal is try to get quarterly at every single gym that we have, um, you know. And that's a tall order, but you know, again, moonshot it, you know, like shoot for the stars and and see what you get in between. So uh, if we can have 50 gyms and have a muscle mentorship quarterly, like I think that would be incredible. Uh, and, and I think there's this like this other element too, of like showing, showing our current members of don't forget, we can push it to that threshold. Like, you know, oh, man, like I got accused of being risk averse one time with one of our private clients. And if I see someone just like we've seen some of the most egregiously like low scores on FMSs and really high asymmetries on four stack and really poor force, force, output on the Nord board, like, and just really poor wellness and, and just struggling right um we'll actually do metabolic code with a lot of our members and just folks that are just physiologically and and biomechanically broken like i'm really conservative with our programming you know to the point where it's just going to be potentially capsular cars and some pails and and then some like really like on the four by four matrix low level uh low level um correctives and they're like oh man this thing are too easy like yeah you don't you're not there yet and then they'll see muscle mentorship like go on around them or like while they're in there like what is that like that is where we could push it so it gives that like understanding of the spectrum or the continuum that we work under right like if i find that you are going to really struggle with a higher threshold program like stop being risk averse it's just being conscious of until we clean up some of these like big issues of asymmetries restrictions in range of motion potentially pain we don't have much bandwidth to do stuff that's ground-based or it was a high balance point or work mobility or work breathing until we get to the other end of like just to let you know this is my back pocket and right now twice a year we get to demonstrate to the rest of the rest of the folks that come in here over 200 people of like this is where we could take it you know don't forget that you know and I, just because i Just because I don't do that with you doesn't mean that I don't know how to do it. And I can always make something harder. So just pay respect to the fact or, you know, appreciate the fact that I'm willing to go appropriate and lighter with you and build you up over a longer period of time. I have the courage to do something that's quote unquote easy as opposed to just always doubling down on something hard. And I think it gives that like that beautiful description of like on any given day, you could have someone going through a very, you know, very simple very rudimentary very like low threshold program and i can turn someone to the extreme you know like i think that dichotomy is is what creates a really cool and a unique environment here um like we'll have a, we have k box in the corner we'll have we'll have all these like incredible bars from watson and like these fat grip di- fat grip diameter like revolving dumbbells and we have north board and four stack and it's like like look around like it's not from a lack of tools or a lack of awareness on how to do it. Like, you know, like it's just a matter of context of why and when or where I do it. And like you you have low movement potential, you know, so I can't load you. I can't push you in that threshold. I can do some certain things today that can improve your quality. So we get more, you know, compounding interest or residual value from that. But right now this is your focus, you know, like just get build up consistency, right? Like you haven't been able to sustainably do an exercise program more than a month, like, don't worry about that, you know? Um, on the other end, now it's like, don't forget, you know? And, you know, like, there's some folks that go to it, you know? And I think it's an interesting, like, interesting breakdown any given day of, like, you know, this beautiful, like, this array of, like, of everyone is doing what they need to do based off their current situation to help themselves move forward. Uh, and, you know, and the other thing about muscle mentorship, which I think is really interesting, is, like, the folks from our members that do that, like, they in that extreme week right they feel like these things that they've never felt like these overtraining like symptoms right this permanent fatigue this offset sleep this achy feeling this like hot flashes stuff like it's just like not common that they're accustomed to right and like And like to that point, it's like that right there is a really concentrated dose of what you're spreading out over six months. So you not sleeping eight hours, you not drinking water, you not eating plenty of produce, you not eating animal proteins every single meal, you not doing these basic level habits is making these small dents and you're spreading out or diluting that intensity of these feelings of overtraining over six months. In order to make it through that week, you need to have everything you dial in, right? Like we tell everyone, don't train the week before or do very low level stuff. We tell everyone you need to go back to bed. Like, so we'll give them momentous sleep. We'll give them, you know, Epsom salt. We'll give them dark chocolate to like help in terms of get into this like parasympathetic zone. We'll give them breathing exercise to get out of here. Like now imagine if you approach that every single day with your normal training, that that's six months. will have the same recurrent, like the same value as you would in that given week, Right. And like, it just comes down to the 23 hours that you're not here or that 47 hours that you're not here. How valuable is that time? And if we approach it that same way, that the value from that, like if I pay this X amount of dollars from this six month membership and my net is going to be largely, largely the product of what I do outside the weight room. Why would you do that, right? Like if I give my money to my financial advisor to invest into this stock, I want to see the biggest return as possible. Imagine if I can start to you know, diversify and I can start going here and here and here and I get bigger nets, right? So it's just looking at it like from the perspective of like, all right, this is a, a process that's never ending. And we show that in Muscle Mentorship. Like if you don't do this, here's the consequences. If you don't do that during this, consequences aren't severe, but they're still there. And having that experience as well, like, you know, like, don't forget, like, you're not done with your fitness journey, the hour you're not here, you know, the the hours you're not here. And I think that process too, and showing that is really important as well.
0: Well, coach, thanks for coming on the podcast today. It was really good to get some great insight into how you manage your your business, how you created your muscle mentorship, and then also a real world account into how you work, your way up from volunteer to GA to assistant and to head strength conditioning coach and then also running your own business and you know you had a really candid and 100% real insight into our profession and I think like you said you have to have uncomfortable conversations and evaluations with yourself I think this is as real as it gets and some uh, truthful insight into how our profession
1: has to evolve one of my uh, good friends, uh, Neil Paduzzi. I work with the Tech, and I was three years there as an interning. He was like, you're, "You're the best intern right now in the world," and I was like, "Well, I want to be the worst assistant in the world." <laughs> you know, like I'm, <laughs> I'm tired of having that like that classification. It is. Uh, I remember doing my internship at Old Miss, and this is my last internship, and it goes through like you know double A had like thousands of people working there right there. You just pulled over all the Olympic guys. So you had Noel Durfee and all the other strength coaches that will Miss at the time there. So, I mean, you work with football group. We did a team lift at 6.00 AM. It was like 20 strength education coaches there. So it's like, there's very few and far opportunities to do work, right? Like you're just sitting there like on the sidelines, like, all right, okay. Like this. my job is setting up, breaking down. This is, you know, internship number six, number seven, right? Like I'm like rolling through this and whatever. And then I end up getting the job at Georgia tech and, uh, I was like, all right, like I'm, I'm out, <laughs> you know, like I, I got my job, like I'm here served is done. Like that was the point. And, uh, and double a was like really good. Tim and Siano were really close. And so he knew I was going to be leaving anyway, but double a is like, Hey, before you leave, you got to go take, t- t- through match rails. And the way double a did it was, uh, how Pete Carroll used to do it. So it was, it was ready, ready, set, go. And then you just say set, go, but man, like the whole summer. Every single SNC coach, we're not football strength coaches. We're screwing that up left and right. So you imagine SEC football team, 125 guys. He's like, you got this by yourself, right? You do like 20 minutes straight of this, right? So it's 10 lines of 10, like, and they're all on your command, right? So it can go really bad quick, right? So you watch now. And other strength coaches screw this up. So Double A was like, "Oh, you got him today!" And like the coach would get up there and would just screw up the order, and the team would just start razzing them and just start like getting on them. And like it was literally the last thing I had to do at Ole Miss, and I nailed it. I mean, Double A's wife was like that guy should have been paid here the whole time. He did better than everyone else. Cause you would come watch with their kids and whatnot. And like the rest of the staff was just hating on me. Like the, here's this intern, like, like coming in here acting like he's hot shit. And like, this is like my 10th internship, right? Like a millionth internship. So it's like, I'm game right. At this point, it wasn't like an anomaly that I got this job at Georgia tech. I was good. You know, I was really good at coaching at this point. I was a GA for over a year. I coached high school strength conditioning for over a year. Like it wasn't like, it was like my first experience. I was just you know super green. I was really good at that point. I just never had the opportunity to do anything in front of anyone. And I remember thinking in my head, I'm like, told Neil when I got the job at Georgia Tech, we worked together, I'm like, man, that best intern in the world really paid off, man. (laughs) I really showed out. I didn't embarrass myself in front of everyone. And honestly, to that point, like, just staying ready and, like, you know actually I went home that night and like like on every time someone screwed up, I'm like, all right, here's the order, and I would recite it in my head if it ever did come up, like ready, ready, set, go, set, go, set, go, set, go for 10 times in a row, you know, and like not rushing it and not being super energetic, but like being really calm and patient up there, like taking notes on where they screwed up. And then when that opportunity did present itself, I was ready. If I chances are I was never gonna get the opportunity unless I was leaving that night. And I did, and I did on that right there, that confidence I I showed there. I ended up getting a job with AA at USC. And whether that was the reason or not, or because I got a really good referral from Ciano, or because whatever, I did a good job at Ole Miss. Like he would not know my ability to coach unless it was that night, right? That one, one mat drill right there, that 20 minutes of like, he never saw me say a word to anybody. Now I had a good rapport with the guys and like, you know, the guys really liked me and like, I was really good at what I did. And when they were at my rack or platform, I could always take like, the guy who wanted to like, Go off and you know he had to do a commercial. I remember the group of guys that had to go off and do a commercial, and all five of those guys ended up playing in the NFL for over five years. And I remember Dr. Jones, our advisor at Springfield College, came to watch it. And she's like, "She's like, you're just here by yourself with these guys." And I'm like, yeah, the rest of the staff is MIA, and like AA trusted me in that regard because I always got the job done. But that night, if I wasn't ready for that. I would really struggle to make headway in terms of getting a job with him going forward. So like just being ready, man, and just staying focused. But like, I think that process too, of you know, looking at it, like, yeah, the joke, I was the best intern ever, Um, just staying ready, man. And like looking at your opportunity when it does come, you know, being there and ready to go for that.
0: Well, thank you once again for joining us on the, on the podcast today, Coach. I really appreciate your insight and your experiences that you shared with us. And I'll definitely be tuning in to more muscle mentorships and everything you got going on in December and January. So thank you.
1: Awesome. Well, I appreciate it, man. Thank you again for the opportunity.
0: This episode is brought to you by Optimum Nutrition Athletics. After dominating the sports nutrition industry for over 30 years, the newly created Optimum Nutrition Athletics brings the same trust and quality at a great price. They've worked hard to put convenient nutritional supplement options in the hands of your athletes. Because of the increased demands, ON now offers their third-party tested NSF certified gold standard whey protein powder in 10-pound bags exclusively for their athletics partners. ON even released ready to drink cartons of their gold standard whey protein shakes for your athletes and coaches that are on the go. Colleges and universities across the country have partnered with ON to give their athletes the highest quality nutritional supplements and ON continues to deliver. They provide flexibility and affordability for all their partners. If you'd like to learn more about their expanding line of supplement products or if you're interested in becoming a partner, contact ON's Rachel Kravitz on Instagram at on-athletics-west, or email rkravitz at glambia.com. Team Builder is the premier strength and conditioning app for teams and private facilities. Used by more than 2,500 organizations around the world, Performance coaches can write training programs online for athletes to access on their mobile app or on tablets in the weight room. You can even print individualized workout cards of your programs directly from their systems. Right now, when you start a 14-day trial, use promo code CHALK, that is promo code C-H-A-L-K, to access more than 70 strength and conditioning programs directly in your Team Builder account, including four sports science questionnaire templates. Today, coaches from around the country use Team Builder's built-in questionnaire module to create COVID-19 pre-screening questionnaires sent to athletes daily. We've been using Team Builder at MSU Denver for several years now and cannot recommend them enough. Hewitt and his staff go above and beyond to help create an outstanding user experience for all the teams they work with. I have yet to run into a type of periodization or programming format that the staff at Team Builder cannot tackle and create. For asking around, it is clear more college and high school strength coaches use TeamBuilder more than any other training program available. Go to teambuilder.com and check them out. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you to our great guests for taking the time to share their experiences. Thank you to Play and TeamBuilder for being great companies that help our profession. And most importantly, thank you, the listeners. Please find us on social media at Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Find our show notes on wherever you listen to your podcasts. Leave us a rating, comment, and subscribe. And don't forget to say hi. It's great to hear from coaches from around the country. Talk to you all next week on another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0.